What's up, everyone? We're here for post-game Locked On Bucks as Milwaukee completely blow the doors off the Chicago Bulls, which if you're a Milwaukee Bucks fan, that's always a satisfying experience. The Bucks were great. Uh, defensively, one of their better performances of the season, and uh, they had their big men back. They were playing some big lineups in this game. It was an interesting uh, game for sure as the Bucks continued to run to the postseason. So let's break it down. Max him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on the show Monday to Friday and also find uh, some other work of mine over at ESPN. Joining me, the founder of BrewHoop.com, longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. Of course, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch of every single day. And uh, I'm sure Bucks fans will be waking up after this one feeling pretty good, Frank. Uh, there was a little bit of noise from the Bulls fans when they hit some early buckets, but after that... It was all done, and the night ended with Marcus Johnson making fun of some Bulls fan with a red wig on in the Fiserv Forum crowd. So all all things considered, uh, this was a good night for the Bucks. I saw you tweet some numbers out, but to me, the big takeaway from this, obviously, Brooke Lopez into the starting lineup alongside Giannis for the first time. You tweeted it first time since opening night, which feels like a long time ago, and maybe was their other most impressive win of the season when those <laughs> when those two started. Uh, alongside each other but the defense was certainly uh across the four quarters including the third quarter um pretty pleasing tonight uh for sure and i was watching the bucks in the third quarter frank and we know chris milton missed this game with wrist soreness i i thought you were going to miss this podcast with wrist soreness after the bucks won a third quarter so how do we feel about that (laughs) well Giannis had nine uh Giannis had nine turnovers so that that kept me from getting too uh, lathered up tonight uh, uh, <laughs> but um but yeah i mean oh boy the third quarter thing has been just one of these things that just like sort of confounds me and you know i it, it's funny i was thinking the other night it's like would i be more confident in a bucks win if they were down 10 going into the fourth quarter or down 10 going into the third quarter <laughs> which okay i i'm not saying i would actually prefer being down 10 going into the fourth quarter but it really does just feel like, especially after the Minnesota game, like, you know, if there, if like, there's always something bad on the verge of happening in fourth, in third quarters. And tonight, um, you know, it really was wire, you know, more or less wire to wire. Bulls, you know, had a, a couple of early leads when Vucevic was hitting some jump shots, but uh, Bucks, you know, really go on the big run. What was it 13 nothing to end the first quarter? As, you know, again, they were just forcing the Bulls to take mid range jump shots. I thought they, you know, just did a really nice job sort of dictating the terms of engagement on both ends for the most part. And those, you know, points in the paint numbers, um, whatever it was like 58, 34 or 54, 38, whatever it was, um, really spoke to the fact that basically the bulls had to shoot jump shots. And I think the, the piece that, you know, is, is encouraging about this. And I, you know, I talk about this a fair bit, right. About, you know, the, the real kind of encouraging wins, I think are the ones where it's not just a three point, 
three-point blitz where you just make a ton of threes and the other team has a bad shooting night and that that's the whole reason bucks 12 out of 28 43 percent they shot the well well from three but they didn't shoot i mean that's well below their season average in terms of attempts and the bulls were 13 to 33 39 percent so you know again buck shot slightly better but the bulls actually made one more three and it was really everything inside the arc it was not fouling it was grabbing defensive rebounds it was making you know using all that size Giannis three blocks broke a couple blocks Serge Ibaka added a block using their size to really just make it really hard on uh, the Bulls and credit Wes Matthews 11 points tonight stepping into Chris's spot in the starting lineup he's again made another couple threes so knock on wood that his three-point shooting is going to stick around for a while um I thought you know he did a nice job along with Drew Holiday and and George Hill and just sort of like the group in general Javon Carter again kind of applying pressure like the Bucks guards it's just a nice job staying disciplined on the Bulls wings um forcing them into taking hard shots and we know that DeMar DeRozan can make hard shots but you know 21 points on 23 shots tonight that feels kind of charitable he started hitting some shots when they were down big in the third quarter and the fact that you know we saw again the run at the end of the first quarter we saw the big run in the second quarter Brooke Lopez you know Vintage heat check, Brooke Lopez <laughs> getting a block, hitting a three, hitting another three. Um, just looking, you can tell after the game, he was just feeling really, I mean, I think he does really feel blessed and just so thankful to be back playing basketball. His first game in front of home fans since opening night. And, you know, Bulls fought back into it. They got it to within, I think, 10 or 11 a couple times in the third quarter. And then the Bucks, something they have not typically done, uh, is they basically responded and and came back and kept playing their game and ultimately they win that third quarter 32 26 they won the fourth 35 29 even though it was a blowout most of the game most of the time um and you know i don't know how the last time the bucks won four four quarters out of a game uh but tonight they do that and you know i think the 126 98 number that first time in 18 games that they held an opponent under 100 i thought they really earned it right this wasn't just a Again, Bulls were on the second night of back-to-back, but um, you're playing without Chris Middleton. So certainly from an injury perspective, um, yes, the Bulls are still missing Lonzo Ball. But I mean, otherwise, they got Pat Williams back. They got Alex Caruso back. He struggled tonight. Um, you know, not a ton of excuses for why, you know, the Bulls should have been in an easy mark tonight um, in terms of health and some of those things. And I just thought the Bucks showed why they're obviously just a better team. Yeah, I think Chris Middleton cancels out the Lonzo Ball absence anyway, but certainly it's a different Bulls team to what we've seen previously where they've had significant pieces coming out. And we know Caruso uh, you know, hasn't played a, a whole lot of games, and you mentioned the back-to-back. But nonetheless, the Bulls now, this is a stat that doesn't even make sense, Frank. 0-16 and 16 against the top three teams in either conference. Like, How do you not fluke a win in, yeah. in, in this NBA where players are missing games and schedule stuff that, that always goes on? It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but not only are they 0-16, some, a lot of those games have been absolute beatdowns as well. So it's hard to tell if this is some serious fraudulent behavior from the, the Bulls so far in the regular season, but they haven't fared well against the better teams in the league. Uh, the other number you referenced in your tweet was the rebounding, the defensive rebounding percentage. And uh, when I was and Eric always tweets out these numbers. And when he tweeted it out at the end of the first quarter and the Bucks had 100% defensive rebounding percentage, I was thinking, geez, the boys are uh, the boys are switched on, certainly. And and we talk about it all the time, the impact that Brooke Lopez can have. Now, I'm not saying it's just him, but we've seen his minutes go up, you know, over these last few games here tonight. He actually got up to 
24. And who knows if it was a closer game, whether he would have played more minutes. But I, I do think, again, we've spoke about the the amount of time Giannis has had to spend playing at center. But tonight, when you look at the box score and it's 58 to 34 points in the paint, you're like, okay, that's starting to look a little bit more like vintage Bucks box scores over the last few regular seasons. And there was at least one play where I can't remember who the Bulls player was, but he was driving. It was kind of semi-transition. He's driving the ball at Serge Ibaka. Ibaka's back and back. And we've spoke, is Serge Ibaka prime on defense? Not really. But then here comes Giannis and just flies over the top, blocks the shot. And I'm like, okay, now the Bucks in whatever matchup they want, and they can go small, and Giannis will still close games at the five, I'm sure, in certain matchups and those types of things. But we saw a lot of surge in Giannis. We saw surge and Bobby Portis. We saw Brook Lopez and Giannis. And for a team that for much of the year has looked pretty small, all of a sudden they just looked absolutely gigantic again. And Chicago thought, well, look, we're out. We'll, we'll roll out Tristan Thompson again. And we've already seen how that plan goes. Not well. Uh, the only thing that he's done well all season so far is is talking whatever rubbish he was before the game. And then he got into it with Serge Barker. And by the way, I thought that was good restraint by Serge to just give a little forearm or whatever he did there. Because we've seen Serge Barker can get a little hot under the collar in, in years previous. He's had a few incidents over the years. Yeah, sir. It was a really smart play. The only smart thing Tristan Thompson did today was the fact that when he got in that little... You just know, let it go. Match. He just, well, I would say he just grabbed him. He yeah, just locked yeah. up Serge because, yeah, I mean, Serge um, has had a number of instances where he just starts randomly throwing haymakers at dudes. <laughs> um, and I mean, he's gotten some, he's got, he's one of the few guys who's gotten a multi game suspension um, yeah. because he has a history of doing that. I forget it was who it was. I think it was somebody on the Cavs maybe a couple years Didn't ago. Did he get in a, like into it with Robin Lopez? I think he did. Yeah. I think that was a while back. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's right. Yeah. When he was in Toronto and Robin, I think maybe it was in Chicago. Mm. Um, they got into like, and it when you, I, I think I saw a video of that the other day, and Robin looked like he was kind of like play acting a WWE part almost. Um, but, but anyway, <laughs> so yeah, um, Serge Ibaka, a uh, little bit of that John Wayne toilet paper, rough, tough, doesn't take shit off anything. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I think, I don't know that we framed it as much when they acquired Ibaka that, you know, part of the acquisition here is bringing toughness, but, um, he's definitely a guy that does not stand for like shenanigans. And again, sometimes I'm not saying that he's not always sometimes sort of like the instigator or that he's not always sort of overreacting. I mean, there's two straight games. Where he's gone nose to nose with somebody. First time it was Pat Bev. So like, I'm just going to blame Pat Bev on that because yes. it's Pat Bev. Um, but tonight again, uh, we see it with him and Tristan Thompson. Um, and yeah, but, but again, Tristan Thompson, smart wrap up Serge's arms. So he can't start throwing those, those big punches at you, which is good too. I mean, we don't want Serge getting suspended again. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and I, and I thought it was interesting. I mean, the bulls can throw some size at you, right? I mean, Pat Williams, you know, we've been hearing all year long about how the bulls needed to get Alex Crusoe back. They need to get Pat Williams back. And of course, Lonzo ball back. And that's kind of been the missing ingredients for them defensively, but this is kind of the hard part, right? I mean, you look at both teams a little bit. Bucks have not, you know, fallen quite as as badly, you know, down the standings and, and in the defensive ranks as the Bulls have over the past few months. Um, but I think there's been this sort of expectation that, well, you know, when Caruso comes back, when uh, Pat Williams comes back, when when if if Lonzo Ball comes back, he's been shut down again for another ten days. When those guys come back, then okay, then we'll then we can be good again defensively. And the hard part is like, uh, you know, it's it's not always that easy. And I think. 
the Bucks have had to kind of worry about falling into a same, the same trap of like, oh, well, when Brooke comes back, then then we can be good at the defense again. And I was definitely a little concerned, right? I mean, it's probably going to take Brooke a little bit to kind of get his feel back. Um, and in the same token, it's like we all remember last year, right? Let's not forget, especially during the regular season, a lot of people were complaining about how the Bucks defense, <laughs> even with Brooke Lopez, was not performing at that high of a level. The three-point shooting um, percentage are really high against the Bucks, probably unlucky last year. Um, but there were a lot of complaints about Brooke Lopez and kind of what that drop scheme meant to the Bucks defense. So interesting parallel, thankfully, if you're a Bucks fan. Uh, the return of Alex Cruz or the return of Pat Williams did very little. As much as those guys, I think, you know, Pat, thought Pat Williams did a perfectly respectable job against Giannis. Um, Giannis had a ton of turnovers. I think a couple, two, three of them looked like he got fouled, no call. So it goes. Um, and Caruso, obviously, we know what a pest he can be defensively. But, I mean, it's hard, though. It's like uh, those two guys cannot by themselves turn around um, an entire defense. And we saw Drew Holiday as good as Alex Caruso is, you know, when he was going at Caruso, um, Caruso couldn't really stop him from getting to his spots. And Drew was, was terrific again, which was especially important on a night. Obviously when you're missing Chris, you only have two of the big three. You really want both of those guys to, to deliver. And um, certainly Giannis, not so much with the turnovers, but nine out of 12 from the field, 25 points. Drew, um, you know, what, what did you have? 20, did he drew up 27 tonight? Um, yeah. I mean, 27 points on 17 shots. So he was, he was terrific seven assists and no turnovers. So Giannis pretty much had nine, Giannis had nine of the 14 turnovers tonight. So, um, so yeah, it was just a, I think, uh, just an all around nice effort. And again, you had role players doing role player stuff. Um, you know, I, we, maybe we can talk a little bit more about the bench, but, um, but I think, you know, certainly as far as Serge Ibaka goes, he had a rough game against Minnesota. I, I thought his offense, his touch, his feel offensively was something I wasn't really sure what, to, how much to expect, but 11 points on six shots tonight. And I'd, I'd kind of forgotten like, Hey, when he rolls to the basket, catches it like eight, 10 feet out, like he's got nice touch mm. in that range. You know, he knows what to do, catches the ball down low, you know, pump face, gets a blow by throws it, you know, throws in a dunk, um, you know, three point shooting. We know he can obviously hit threes, hits one out two tonight. Um, and even to assist from him, right? I think his offensive decision making has been a nice, um, has been a nice welcome sight. And um, I thought, you know, you mentioned the minutes for Brooke back up to 24, which is very interesting given that you know Giannis didn't even get 30 minutes tonight, and obviously it was a pretty comfortable game. So interesting seeing that they ramped up Brooke all that the way to that. Bobby 22, Serge Ibaka 19. Um, very curious to see kind of how they manage those minutes moving forward. I think obviously as we've discussed, the value of in part, among other things, of starting Brooke and Giannis uh, is the fact that it's a little easier to stagger Bobby and Giannis, who are really kind of the only like pure power forward guys on the roster. Um, but it was interesting kind of like how they balanced those guys. We saw Giannis go off with like eight minutes to go in the first quarter and then come back a few minutes later, play the rest of the first. You know, they were really, you know, Bud was definitely having to kind of go, go let's say, short line changes um, with his big men to kind of keep them kind of going in and out and keep keeping all those guys go, you know, playing will be interesting to see if that's something, I mean, how committed is he to that? Right. Um, playing for big men once the playoffs start and once you can play Giannis, you know, 40 plus minutes every night. And that's the expectation we'll see. Um, but certainly seeing Brooke pass another test, looking really good defensively, 
you know, hits a couple threes, 10 points. Again, just very encouraging kind of the progress that he's made. And I think I had, I had some anxiety about what he would look like and how quickly we could expect him to look like the old Brook. I don't know if he's fully there yet, but I mean, he's damn close, right? I mean, uh, throw, he got thrown into the fire against Rudy Gobert uh, in the first game back against Utah. And obviously uh, um, showed some signs, even as the Bucks got blown out on Saturday. And uh, thankfully already looking kind of close to, to the old Brook Lopez again, knock on wood. Well, the one thing you can't accuse the Bucks of when it comes to Brook Lopez is rushing him back. That's for sure. They've, they, before the surgery, they went to every length to try and avoid it. And they've said from the start, it was almost like they, and Zach Lowe was the one who had the reports that there was optimism that he would come back, but it was going to be late in the season. I think in the end, it, it maybe happened quicker than we thought, just because we were probably all looking at it thinking, well, is he even going to play? Is it just going to be a, a last ditch regular season thing? But I think it's fair to say it doesn't look like they've they've rushed him back anyway. He does look pretty good. Uh, you mentioned he had 10 points tonight, which is interesting because if, you, if you're into uh, fantasy basketball or props, then prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. You know that I love prize picks because it's so easy to play. All you need to do is pick two to five players and an over and under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can make uh, entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. It's safe, and uh, you can get fast withdrawals as well. So you can use the award-winning app on both the App Store or Google Play. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of, from points scored to rebounds and even steals, uh, probably turnovers as well. So if you you know n- not a great night for Giannis as we've mentioned, but if you had the over there, you're probably in good shape. So uh, all you have to do for a limited time, we've got this deal for you. Prize picks, it's an exclusive, but a no-brainer of an offer for all our users. You get 50 bucks for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point, uh, but you have to use the code NBA to cash in on this deal. So uh, that's right. So, uh, if, you, if your player scores a single point, you'll get 50 bucks free. Just use the code NBA. That's uh, prize picks, daily fantasy made easy. Uh, make sure you check out the Locked On Now podcast tomorrow. Uh, you can hear from everything that's going on around the NBA. So you'll probably hear a sad report from Locked On Bulls. You'll hear me from Locked On Bucks, but you can do that after the game. You mentioned the bench a little bit, Frank, as we keep rolling through this game. I think the minutes are interesting, and you, we've spoken about the big man stuff and where that's going to lay out. Of course, you probably have 30-plus you know, minutes of Chris Middleton to slot back in there. The starters' minutes were reduced a little bit. But we had uh, old reliable George back tonight. 15 minutes plus 16 on the box score, which is just what we come to expect from him. No matter what the result, no matter what the score, win or lose, the Bucks tend to win uh, the minutes with George Hill there. But I will say this, Javon Carter, and again, he's a smaller guard. It's It'll be interesting to see, you know, come playoff time, where the trust level is, depending on what they want to do defensively, depending on the lineups. But he's not making it bloody easy for Bud to take this guy out of the rotation. He's still hitting those threes. I don't know who was defending him. I can't remember. But he crossed the shit out of one guy on the baseline there and knocked down the jumper as well. It's fair to say that he's been a pretty reliable player. I don't think that we could have sat here and predicted that we were going to get this level of consistency and reliability uh, from a guy that they got for nothing at this point in the season. It's been pretty bloody good. Yeah, I mean, he's been terrific right and the timing of getting him um when george was out for an extended period due to the neck injury 
uh, you know, couldn't, couldn't have really worked out better. And I think, you know, if you holistically think about that trade, right. Um, trading for surge, you're shipping out, obviously, a, a, a guy who has been, you know, at times really good for you. And Dante this year, I obviously struggled coming back from the injury, um, but you're losing guard depth. Uh, and then to be able to use, you know, the couple extra roster spots to be, use that to be able to bring in Carter and obviously Bembry, you know, a false start a bit with for the unfortunate injury. And we really obviously didn't get to see a whole lot of him. But uh, the fact that you were able to, to pick up Javon Carter as, you know, kind of a de facto, like, ancillary piece of that trade and for him to be able to come in and immediately give you good depth at the guard spot and be a guy who, you know, you look at, and as we've said, you know, okay, you wanted a Jeff Teague replacement. Well, George Hill is the Jeff Teague replacement. Um, but Javon Carter is just, he's just making it really hard <laughs> to not play him. Um, and I think the upside of that is, you don't have to play George extended minutes right now, right? I mean, you can ease George back into playing 15 minutes a game, something like that. Um, tonight he plays 16. Uh, and it's it's funny. I mean, you look at that bench, all the guys that played, um, Wes, you know, Wes slots into the starting spot for Chris. 11 points, four out of eight shooting, two for four, really good defense. You know, barring injury, I think Wes is... I don't want to say a lock, but like Wes has to be part of the rotation given the way he is able to play defense uh, on the wing. And then you look at those five guys that, you know, the principal five that came off the bench tonight, Bobby Portis, obviously a lock, right? Three out of six tonight, six points, not a big revenge game um, for Bobby necessarily against his old team. Um, he's been going through a bit of a shooting slump. He's one for 16 now oh for one from three tonight. He's one for 16 from three in his last five. So hopefully um, Eric will say something about that. And then that usually for whatever reason tends to get Bobby out of his slump, but, um, but obviously Bobby's playing Pat Connaughton, man. <laughs> I mean, if Pat Connaughton breaks his right hand and then comes back, he has 15 points and five threes in his first game back tonight, 14 points, three out of seven from three, four out of eight from the field, five rebounds, three assists, plus 20, no turnovers. Um, uh, I, I don't, I almost don't even want to talk about Pat Connaughton because I don't want to spoil anything. Like it's just remarkable how he could suffer that injury and just come right back and be still be the dead eye shooter that he's been uh, for most of this season. And by the way, I just, the way he shoots the, the way he shoots those threes where he doesn't even bring his, he doesn't even do the dip to bring it down. He just catches it high and just puts it up. So the defense doesn't have a chance to really get a contest on it. I love that. I mean, that that's just, you know, there, there are other guys that do that, but that is just, you know, working on your craft. So shout out to Pat for another really strong night tonight. But Bobby, Pat, George Hill, Serge Ibaka, Javon Carter. I mean, it's 11 guys, Frank. Something's got to give. Right. And and again, I thought, you know, I, I think probably push comes to shove in the playoffs. Javon is probably a guy that doesn't play. and guess surge is there really i mean again are you going to play four real big men in the playoffs we saw tonight with chris out Giannis played three for short stretches in the third quarter and first quarter um i don't <laughs> think the they're going to do that in the playoffs could you ever um, see could you ever see them going like and and again it depends on the matchup but this is the only question because i've seen people on twitter saying that you know defensively it's a pretty fearsome lineup if you have drew chris Giannis put Giannis on the perimeter, Serge and Brooke. I mean, it's pretty outrageous in terms of size, but 
Schultz well, you're Stark. not going to play Surgeon Brook, right? You're going to play Bobby Sorry. Giannis and yes, one of those yes, guys. Yes, yes. Yeah, but that's still that's yeah. that's that's big. Yeah, short well, stretches. Yeah, I mean, I think you can, right? Um, I, I mean, putting Giannis on threes, it kind of depends, right? Like putting Giannis on a three. I mean, he he was actually defending DeRozan um, at times tonight, and DeRozan's kind of an interesting matchup because it's like you're not like under pressure to guard DeRozan to like 25 feet, right? Cause he doesn't want to shoot long threes. Um, although he did take five threes made one tonight. Um, so I think it depends a bit on the matchup. You know, if, if, you know, if there's a scenario where um, I'm trying to think of like heat lineups, like. Yeah. Bottom how much... Bam. Yeah. Like if you're playing Jimmy at the three, right. And you could, you could definitely play that, that grouping against the heat because Giannis is, really well suited to basically defending Jimmy because he knows that he doesn't have to go over screens really. Um, and, you know, PJ is obviously not really a threat other than on the offensive board. So you can hide Giannis or Bobby, you know, at, on him at any time. Right. Um, and we know, we know obviously the way that, that Brooke can play against Bam as a drop guy. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I think there's, there could be something there. Um, and I think it's important, right? Like the more ways you can find, the ability to keep Giannis on the floor, the better. Um, so I think that's probably a little bit of what probably what, what Bud's doing here is like kind of giving a look to that. I don't, I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, I think it maybe it's year two of Bud. Um, they ran, it, like I think there was like a week or two where like they they ran the Giannis Urson Brook group. Mm-hmm. I think for like spurts, um, and I don't remember it being particularly useful. But I think you know, especially when it's Giannis Bobby Surge. Surge being a little bit more mobile, obviously, than Brooke. I think that makes it kind of interesting because I think you're a little bit better able to, you know, if you have to scramble, things like that, you actually have pretty solid mobility. So, um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. But, but again, just something's got to give here. And I think Bobby, I mean, again, it's just like Bobby, George, Pat, Wes have to play, right? <laughs> um, and they're already up to nine, which is more than what we saw you know, during a lot of Bucks games, at least in terms of real minutes. So again, good problem to have. Fingers crossed that, you know, you actually have to make the hard decisions and not that you're in a situation where one of your key guys gets hurt and then you have to play um, and then you don't have the options. But I think certainly from a depth perspective, last year obviously was a huge challenge, especially after the, after the DiVincenzo injury, just feeling like you had so few options that you trusted off the bench. And obviously this year you just cross your fingers that you can get through these last few weeks of the regular season unscathed and that you've got, you know, options, different, different tools you can pull, pull out depending on, uh, depending on, on the opponent and depending on kind of what you're trying to do in the style that you're trying to play. But, um, but yeah, good, good, good opportunity to have. And just nice to see two guys sitting double digits from the bench for a change. Wow. What a, what a, what a nice sight to see. Absolutely. And you will remember this game, Frank, and certainly our listeners will. And I only say that because I'm not 100% sure I've got these names right. But this game was in Utah where a bunch of guys were out of the lineup. And I think they started Chris, Giannis, Ersan, Miritich, Brook. Is that something like that? Yeah. And Christian Wood played in that game. Yeah. And they were, they they had like a big second quarter lead. And then it kind of all went, went, went haywire as games tended to do in, in Utah. But yeah, that was the weird, that was the freaky big lineup night. From uh, from Bud, yeah, it was comical, but it was fun for one night uh, only. Anyway, I tell you something that is not a joke though, and that's Built Bar, our friends, the best tasting protein bar that's ever been made. It's good for you somehow. 
and it tastes ridiculously good as well. They cover all bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're low calorie, high protein. Uh, just replace whatever other uh, candy bar you you're rolling with. Get rid of it and get a built bar because it's going to taste better and it's also healthy for you, which is important, particularly as you get older, like me, Frank. So go to built.com. You can scroll down the macros chart and you'll be blown away because they are they're high protein and low calorie, as I mentioned, high fiber, low carbs as well. And then maybe it's a mint brownie you're after, maybe a coconuts, uh, maybe it's a white chocolate cookies and cream, whatever it is. Uh, they're all absolutely delicious and they have new flavors coming out all the time. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. I wanted to give a bit of a shout out to Grayson Allen yeah. tonight, Frank, because I think Lisa pointed it out on a broadcast, but I think for good reason. He was—he probably looked like he had some other things on his mind last time that they played in Chicago. And like I said earlier in the podcast, there was some talking going on. But tonight, he did look like a man that was perfectly at ease back at 5 serve for him. And the interesting thing is, he only had 10 points in this game. But he was five for seven from the field. He didn't even attempt a three. And some of the, I would say, some of the aggressive moves that he was actually seeking contact and finishing at the basket, we've seen him put the ball on the floor a little bit. And I think, as we certainly earlier in the season made the comparison between him and Dante, we like the fact that he was a little more reliable in, in terms of being able to finish at the basket. But I don't really remember him seemingly looking for contact like he was tonight. And the fact that he did that tonight, I don't think it would be a coincidence that it was against Chicago that he was playing with a, a little bit of extra energy tonight, I would say. But it's a nice little development if this is the kind of stuff that Grayson Allen could pull out from time to time. I know it's late in the season. Like I said, to me, it was the first time I remember him finishing like this. But shout out to him because clearly still uh, there would be some animosity with the Bulls. I don't think anyone was expecting anything to happen tonight. But he put his head down and went into the paint. He deserves some credit for that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Bulls really did look like they wanted to limit the three-point shooting, um, you know, even against Giannis, right? Like when the Bucks were going on some of those runs, I think normally Giannis would have gotten in like a pull-up three, uh, a, a dribble-up early pull-up three uh, at, at times in, in otherwise games where he's defended a little more loosely. But the Bulls were pretty intent on keeping guys up on even Giannis. So, um you know, they deserve some credit for that. But obviously, uh, if you're Grayson Allen and teams are playing you for the three-point shot, when it's not there, the fact that I think tonight he showed just, you know, really good body control, calm, uh, you know, skilled finishing around the basket, going left, going right, finishing with both hands, started the game with a little floater. Um, I thought that was obviously an encouraging sign because, you know, we I mean, we're talking about, the, the rotation and who's going to play and who's not going to play. I think understandably we're taking it as a given that, that Grayson is going to play. Um, I, I don't know if it's a given that he's going to start the rest of the year. I think he's mm-hmm. going to start the rest of the regular season. I think there's absolutely scenarios where perhaps he does not start in a series in, uh, in the playoffs. Like you think about a, a Kevin Durant a Nets matchup, you know, West got a start due to injury. Uh, in Brooklyn the last time, and obviously he did a really nice job against KD. And again, you know, you're, you're largely the sacrificial lamb in those scenarios. Uh, but 
you know, in a, in a series where you really need to be good one through five defensively, I could certainly see a scenario where they might opt to, to bring Grayson off the bench. And so, you know, he's, he's had some ups and downs over the past kind of few months, had those kind of that period where he was thick and kind of came back and was a little bit slow coming back from that. I think for him to get back into a rhythm, including not just shooting threes is, is an encouraging thing. And certainly tonight him getting off track, you know, kind of getting off quickly um, and seeing some shots go down probably helped because the weird part about that last game was, I mean, wasn't it like third quarter before he even took a shot. So, um, so yeah, I think encouraging stuff from him. Um, I think he's an adequate defender, but mm-hmm. has generally not been, you know, uh, has not always looked to close with him. Let's say um, I think he's oftentimes had more comfort, you know, going to Wes in particular as part of his closing group and, you know, we've seen Javon Carter close games, right? Like the Utah game where he was closing and making big free throws and all that. So um, I think certainly you can, I don't want to act like Grayson is, you know, uh, entitled to 23 to 25 minutes every night, regardless. I think he's also part of that group that is fighting, going to be fighting for, you know, minutes from a playoff rotation standpoint. But, um, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with you, you know, kind of anything, an encouraging performance from him tonight showing that, you know, he knows he can attack and get to the rim if, if uh, if a team is really kind of shading him hard to to shoot those threes, so shout out to Grayson Allen, and you know certainly not that it's like an individual battle with him and Alex Caruso, but um, you know certainly Caruso did have six assists, but minus eleven three point just three points on one out of five in thirty minutes. I think certainly he's still looks like a guy who's sort of trying to get some of his timing back, and um, obviously the impact just kind of wasn't there, and um, you know again. Bucks put up, what did they put up for an offensive rating standpoint? 127. Bulls, again, the defense is, is obviously struggling mightily right now. Yeah, well, if they, uh, this is, as we spoke about the lineups, we've said it, the other guy obviously is Pat, who Bud really, really trusts. So I think, you know, whether it's Pat, whether it's West, depending on whether Brooks on the floor, they've got a few options there, which is nice as long as they can stay healthy. By the way, you mentioned not shooting too many threes. What do you think in the first quarter of Serge Barker playing a little two-man game with Giannis, little handoff mid-range jumper, knocked it, knocked it down? That's, uh, that's you know, I, I sort of laughed when I saw that, but I liked it. A long two from Giannis. Uh, that's that's Ursan like. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> Is that our bar? We we just want Serge to remind us as much as possible of Ursan. Listen, there's a few things have surprised me over the last couple of years with the Bucks. There's no doubt about that. But one of the biggest surprises is that Ursan hasn't made his way back uh, to the Bucks, which you know I, I just always assumed was going to happen. But it looks like that ship uh, might have sailed, which is would, would I I was I was gonna say um, you know we got George back, we got West back this year. I think if we're building the all-time like run it back Bucks. Um, I, I could agree Ursan, you know, because of overall tenure with the team would have been sort of the ultimate, you know, next guy to bring back. I'll, I still say you'd have to bring back Rolo before that, just because A, Rolo <laughs> can actually still play NBA basketball and B, you know, we think about really the culturally, what was sort of the signature aspect mm. of the, you know, year two Bud era bucks. It was the pregame wrestling and, you know, you had West back now, you're just missing Rolo. That was to me kind of the big, the big piece that you're missing. Alas, um, Robin will will not be reuniting with his uh, brother and friends in Milwaukee. But I, I don't, I don't know that Robin cares a whole lot about that. Um, you know, um, we'll see. Don't forget to check out the Locked On NBA podcast, national podcast on the network. They get you covered for everything going on around the league. 
Uh, one last note, and we haven't brought this up a lot. We, I have had a couple of people uh, just mention this, and we've discussed it briefly in the DMs. Obviously, we've seen Tyreek Evans play with the Wisconsin Herd. I think he actually tweaked an ankle the other night there, but the Bucks do have a uh, a roster spot, Frank. So I wouldn't be against. Uh, by the way, I, I, has anybody made a Tyweek his ankle joke? No, probably not. Sorry. When you I, said tweak, I, my immediate thought was Tyweek. <laughs> That's fun to say, Tyweek. Tyweek his ankle. Tyweek his um, ankle. Um, sorry, go ahead. No, we haven't brought him up a lot. Uh, I don't figure that he's going to be a, a part of the conversation, honestly. Um, but I wouldn't be against just wheeling Ursan onto the bench for a championship run. And by the way, uh, what's Elijah Bryant doing? Does he want to just win another ring? Does he want to show up in April and win another ring? Or like, what's the deal? Well, I think we were, we were, ta- were we talking in DMs the other day. Um, you know, Bucks do have an open roster spot. So the, the rule is you, if you sign a guy, um, if a guy was playing with another team and he gets released mm. that season, then he has to be signed before maybe still March 1st um, in order to be playoff eligible, right? That's why there's usually the end of March typically or the end of February is, is this kind of de facto deadline for doing buyouts so that the guys can play for, for the teams that they sign with in the playoffs. Um, Evans is unique because like Elijah Bryant last year, I mean, Elijah Bryant, his, his salary number last year was $24,000 because he (laughs) literally showed up in the last few days of the season and his prorated minimum salary was basically nothing. So for a team like the Bucks that have an open roster spot, a, uh, you know, anybody you sign effectively is going to cost four or five times as much because of the whole luxury tax situation they're in. So you know, signing a guy who, you know, would cost $200,000 for us this season suddenly becomes a million dollar expense. But if you sign a guy on literally the last week of the season, uh, then that number goes obviously way down. So if Tyreek Evans was, you know, looked great and perhaps more importantly, if the Bucks, like for instance, had another injury to a wing, right? That might be the, the more important thing to watch out for. Um, you know, you could argue, Hey, as long as, Tyreek Evans knows his role and knows he's probably not going to play. Um, you can do knows it his role and shuts his no. Shut the. <laughs> um, as long as he doesn't, you know, doesn't say anything uh, and just sort of blends in and you know is an option, I guess. Um, then you could, yeah, you could use that sort of Elijah Bryant uh, last last three days of the season signing, and then you know he's your fifteenth guy and he's playoff eligible. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know if that's likely to happen. Um, but uh, yeah, who knows, right? Well, at least I will. I will at least be keeping an eye on uh, on Ty Week, uh, hey. Ty Week Evans, as he uh, hopefully gets healthy and uh, has has a, a remaining little run out with the with the herd here. But uh, but yeah, glad we really brought it full circle, man. We were able to get some some Tyreek Evans <laughs> scenario discussion well, in here, which I wasn't expecting. Also, the Bucks need to get everybody from that draft at some point, right? You know, you think about the 2010 draft, I guess, right? 2010 was, that, was the draft. Mills. Was he in that draft too? Yes. Wow. Well, they've already got, they've already had Brandon, Brandon Jennings, Drew Holiday, Jeff Teague. Um, they, they obviously now uh, have a chance to get Tyweek Evans. Um, and uh, I don't know. I don't know. They kind of keep, keep going down the list of, of random guards. Nando, Dicolo. <laughs> Is this, is are, you, are, you, 
Are you just are you just going through like the second round of that draft now? Do you have that draft in front of you or something? Hey, Nando Decola, I'm sure a few of our listeners are, are very familiar with his work uh, overseas over the last uh, decade there. And by the way, it was a shout out to The Rock earlier. Know your role and shut your mouth. Come on. It's one of the most famous lines oh. that, the Rock, the, that The Rock had. Uh, so shout out to The Rock. Maybe he can take way, a few things for us the spot. You guys, you guys, Scott Hall was Razor Ramon, right? You guys yes. were talking about him passing away the other day. You and Justin were, okay. Yes. Or no, that was you and Camille, I guess, right? I think we're talking yes. about that. Um, yeah, see, I, I I used to watch... Uh, I, the only time I watched WWF at the time was uh, like Saturday nights they would play it and I would watch Saturday Night Live and then during commercials I would flip over to, uh, to watch WWF a little bit. So my big memories were um, I hated Ted DiBiase because he always was was mean to kids, you know, like he would keep yeah, offer yeah. them money to do what, and then he would, you know, not let them do the 10th push up or whatever, and then not pay them. And uh, Razor Ramon, I always found very, very amusing, you know, with the toothpick hanging out the mouth. That's why it just throws me when people, I found out that his name was Scott Hall. It's like, Scott Hall, he's Razor Ramon. He's like, you know, Italian or something. <laughs> turns out, turns out they, these people are acting. Uh, who knew, right? I tell you what, he did a great job, by the way. He did an outstanding job with the character Scott Hall. Yeah, legendary stuff. All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, speaking of Camille, she'll be on the podcast tomorrow, so I'll be hanging out with Camille. Does she, does she know that? Did you tell her already, or is this is this the bat signal for Camille tonight? She knows now. No, no, wow. she, no, no, no. She does know. And uh, I will say one final thought for the podcast tonight. Uh, just something for the owners. Uh, yes, you could spend $24,000 on a final roster spot, but just think how many built bars you could buy with $24,000. All right, we'll leave it there. But Frank and myself, see you guys tomorrow.